Welcome back, everybody. This is Eric and Matt, and this is Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit, your beacon of freedom and the American way of life. Tune in every Friday for a new episode as we dive into the world of liberty and what makes our country great. All right, guys, welcome back. This is Eric and Matt here with LLP. Hello. And man, what a great week it has been. And welcome back. We definitely appreciate y'all tuning back in. Not to mention all the awesome support that you guys have given us over these few years that we've been uh, taking on LLP. And I think it'd be an interesting uh, time now for us to sort of uh, reflect a little bit back on last year uh, and also talk about how things are going to go moving forward. And we'll talk about some of our uh, sustains, uh, some of the things we need to improve, uh, some good things that happened, bad things that happened. And uh, we'll just dive into this. I think it's going to be a ton of fun. So uh, definitely appreciate you guys tuning back in. Um, Yeah, man. How's I mean, life treating you? It's great, man. I mean, it, it feels like this year flew by so quick. And, you know, before you knew it, it was 2022. So, you know, I feel like we skipped a whole year. It really blew me away. I saw, Whenever I have to write a check, I still put 2021. I'm like, wow, how, how did this even happen? That's right. So, I mean, so much good stuff. There was, you know, obviously 2021 was a year that was you know, less desirable, you know, it's very forgettable at that point. But, you know, when we reflect back on, you know, just the entire year as a whole, like the the advancements we made as a company, um, the channel, um, and new ventures that we have planned, I think 2022 is going to be absolutely amazing. And I'm, I'm really stoked to, to get it going. I think there's a lot of people that have certainly, you know, passed a very, very important threshold in their uh, life in terms of, you know, where they want to see things go, not only with, with our direction as a country, but but just their personal development, right? I think that folks have really been focusing on personal development a heck of a lot more, and we are going to dive into that a little bit uh, in today's podcast, amongst many other things. Um, before we get started, I would like to thank our friends at Sonoran Desert Institute for supporting LLP. Um, if you are interested in a career in gunsmithing technology, reloading, you want to learn a little bit more about the business side, they are definitely the group of people you need to look into for your distance learning needs. they got some great instructors, awesome financial incentives, wonderful programs set up by some of the best people in the business. So check them out, Sonoran Desert Institute, and tell them we sent you over here from LLP. Right on. Okay, so um, with this whole thing, you know, this whole personal development thing, you know, maybe that's something we should really kind of spot on first here. You know, I think it goes without saying that we could spend a heck of a lot of time um, talking about the things that were negative about last year, things that, you know, we weren't really happy about. And you have to kind of like, you know, confront that bull that's in the room sometimes. You got to grab that bull by the horn and you've got to confront it. And it's not to say that we aren't going to be doing some confronting here um, in this particular podcast, but I think... A lot of people have looked at these last couple of years, especially with, you know, so many folks have been indoors and, you know, not traveling as much uh, for certain reasons, which we won't talk about. Um, I think you know how things have been going. So people, when they're in these isolated situations, uh, not only, let's just say politically isolated, right, but also just isolated physically, right? Uh, one starts to kind of think about a lot of things. You start to reassess what your priorities are, um, what you really want in life, what your happiness really means to you, 
what your political and worldview might even be. I mean, some of us question everything when we're in these situations. And as you should, though. I mean, that's really the I mean, the, the country was built around one thing, and that was questioning, questioning taxes in particular. So imagine if, you know, everybody was just a, a, a good, you know, British Tory, and they just continued to pay the taxes, the higher taxes without representation, you know, we wouldn't be sitting here with the freedoms that we have now if we just, you know, kept our heads down and decided to go with the flow. It took just a few, uh, at the time, non-Americans, because they weren't Americans yet, um, to just ask, why are we being taxed? And just a simple question sparked a revolution, which made the country what it is today. So I always tell everybody, including my five-year-old daughter, like, it's okay to question, but just be, um, when someone gives you the answer, accept it. <laughs> so I mean, it's one of those things where like, you, they always ask you, why, why, why? And you give them the answer. Um, just accept it. Well, you know, one thing that 2021 has certainly taught us, and I think if anyone is, is being honest with themselves and paying attention and everything like that, if it's one thing that that year gave us last year mm -hmm. was that people are so ready to throw someone under the bus oh, yeah. or to shame them or cancel them uh, just because there's one tiny thing that they might disagree with in someone's uh, thought process or their logic. And somehow we've created a nation of cowards, right? And people are so cowardly and they can't just simply debate the issues with someone. And you know what? I have friends that I might disagree with on a few certain points when it comes to certain things in my life that I consider to be very important, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to sit there and go, oh, well, because we don't agree on these two points, uh, I can't be your friend anymore. People just have forgotten that, you know, it's all right to have a few differences, right? People, they they want to, you know, get into their little tribes and they want everything to be hunky-dory and for every little uh, opinion to be exactly in line with what they feel that narrative should be. And that's a really scary place to be because it's it's not really a breeding ground for like honest and forthcoming thought, right? It's not a breeding ground for, you know, independent thought. And, and I think that's really like one of the most quintessential American traits that we have is our ability to question, as you said. Absolutely. But our ability to be objective, right? And to look at both sides. And what we've really strived for in 2021, I think, as a, as a country, many, many people, not just left or right or black or white or, you know, different religious uh, differences and all. All of that crap aside and just getting down to like the things that make us human, I think more and more people are starting to see this division that's in front of us. And they're going, you know what? I've been told all this crap about these these type of people here, but there's a lot more people that are going now, you know what? I'm going to really just try to listen to what the other side is trying to say and understand where we're all coming from here. Most people realize that the majority of people at large are just good people trying to live their life and be happy. And you just want that for everyone else. And I don't mean it in some like weird kumbaya moment where we're all going to sit around a campfire and put our differences aside and, 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 and have a sing along. No, people are still going to have their, their moral and religious dogmas they cling to. People are still going to have their vices that they cling to. I mean, let's face it, right? Life is full of vices. You know, there's things that you are never going to be able to escape in terms of our deepest and darkest human inhibitions, right? So we're never going to escape those things in their holistic fashion, but it's important 
to recognize that people are starting to become much more objective and much more willing to kind of hear people out because they're tired of being spoon-fed that narrative. The media has just tried to just really drive home a very, very specific and divisive narrative. And I think the majority of people, especially closer to the middle of the line, are certainly starting to go, wait a minute, something ain't right. I mean, look at CNN's uh, viewership has has dropped by like ninety percent. Yeah, up to up to ninety percent in certain. Yeah, yeah and, and I mean, I, I think you know a certain amount of that is um, clickbait. I don't think it they is. lost ninety percent, but um, I think that I they have lost a substantial amount of viewerships. Their Nielsen ratings are horrendous, and you know you're getting. I mean, you're just getting raked across the coals, and you're getting you're getting not right out of here when you have someone like Joe Rogan that gets 11.7 million viewers on average compared to daily, by the way, um, compared to someone that's on primetime television only getting 1.5. I mean, that is over 10 times the viewership in the core demographic that you want to be in. It's not like you're, you're, you know, your show is being consumed by people that are outside of your demographic. You're getting 11.7 million views, market penetration in your core demographic. That's outstanding. You know why so many people um, watch Joe Rogan? I have a good idea why. I think I have a good idea. So why why do you, I don't want this to be just about Rogan, but Mm -hmm. Rogan has made a lot of news in this last year. I mean, he's always been a a pretty staunch figure in just the freedom world, right? The freedom of choice, the objectivity and everything. But Rogan really has made some waves. And why? What do people really, really desire the most right now when it comes to the information they're receiving from a source that they are supposed to be able to trust? What is the one thing they want the most? Um, I think it's uh, non-biased and objectivity. So bingo. what I see, and this is just me personally, I watch the show like regularly. I'm at, at, here at the shop. It's on the TV. All the employees there working there, we all consume this content right. um, willingly, not under duress. So um, what we notice is that he's able to carry a conversation with a guest that he has an opposing view on, but they're able to carry this conversation in a meaningful way, meaning they're not getting hit with roadblocks. You see it all the time in debates answer the question. You're not answering the question. Guess what? If, if he answers the question, he's not going to, he's not going to stall the conversation. He's just going to keep going. He might come back to it to get clarification, or he might ask for a clarification on drilling down on specific items of the question, which yeah. he's really good at. Um, like, okay, well, this is the question. You don't want to answer the question. I get it. How about we dissect that? How about we ask a, a subset of that question? And if mm-hmm. I can get an answer to that, then we'll know where you're, where you lie at on, at, on a whole. It's completely a okay to say, you know what, I don't have the answer to this question, but we can look it up. We can figure mm-hmm. it out. You know, I don't have access to those facts, but we can find those facts, right? Yep. We've got the window of the world right here in front of us. We can look it up. And I think there's something refreshing about that. There's a reason that Joe's viewership has done great things and the reason that it's growing in such a way that it is, you know, uh, because the dude is fair and he's objective. All right. Another guy that I, I started following in 2021 that I'm proud to say I follow, and I'll just mention this as well, is Russell Brand. You mm-hmm. know, I really, really appreciate Russell's takes on a lot of things because he's very fair, he's very objective, he just breaks things down 
Now, of course, he's going to interject a little bit of opinion in there, but that's okay. You know it's opinion. It's not like he's trying to go, well, you should think this way or that way because of this reason. He's just simply going to point out the hypocrisy in the situation. Mm-hmm. It's up to you to go, well, Russell, yeah, that, that seems pretty, uh, you know, hypoc- a little bit of hypocrisy going on right there. So um, I can really appreciate that approach. He just dissects things and breaks it down in a basic way that's easy for people to understand, and he makes fantastic points. All right, now, all right, politically, is Russell Brand someone that lines completely 110% politically with someone like me? Probably not. We might not only agree on half of the stuff, or it might even be less. Yeah, probably less than half. But the stuff we do agree on, it's, it's such a hot point issue for me that it's like, you know what? This dude's pretty cool. You know, we might disagree on some stuff, but you know what? Russell Brand seems like a dude I could crack a beer with and have a good time, and he just seems like the kind of dude you could talk to easy. Just like Joe seems like the kind of guy you could totally... His mental, his characteristics, you know, he's just the kind of guy it's easy to talk to. And I think that's what people crave, man. If 2021 tells us one thing, looking back on it in retrospect, is that people crave, um, you know, honesty, and objectivity when it comes to the things that they're being told about the world and what's going on around them. They don't want division. They're tired of that. That old narrative is just not working right. So those, That's not going to stop them from trying to spoon feed it to you. Because even with Biden's last visit to, to Atlanta here, I was watching it live. <laughs> and it was nothing but you know div- divisive speech. And yeah. I was sitting there watching it. And I just can't believe it. I'm like, this is not the 60s this is not the 70s like yeah. and i know we talked off like the off camera about this but i mean it's like the politicians nowadays are just so enamored with like trying to keep everybody separated it, it, and i and people are seeing through it that's the that's the beauty and if one thing from 2021 has shown the entire world specifically america though is that your mental state is very fragile and you a lot of people took it for granted there are a lot of people that depend are codependent uh, that need somebody to help them in their daily life, not physically, but they need that conversation. They they yearn for it. They like I have to talk to somebody. It, it and I think having everybody locked away showed the world like man, we really need to like communicate with each other. We need to have meaningful conversations with each other. Um, and it just showed everybody how fragile the mental state is, especially with the children. I mean, keep kids out of school for a week, it's okay. You keep kids out of school for like six months and you start to see some uh, regression in their learning. Yeah. They start to get dumber. Like you don't want a bunch of dumb kids running around, all right? You don't want it. Well, think about think about the the, the times in the military when – you know, you'll go and um, and receive some block of instruction, right? And the first thing the instructor will tell you is, you know, this is a relatively like one-sided, you know, conversation. Like, I'm going to put all this information out and want you to save all of your questions until the end. And by the time that you've gone through this two or three hour long death by PowerPoint dissertation <laughs> on the thing that you're trying to be taught, in the end, it's like, well, gosh, I mean, he covered it well. And sure, the information is good. But after a while, you're so kind of mentally numb to the subject you're even learning that you forget what your question was in the first place. So it's like that one-sided characteristic that so many people are kind of used to just being spoon-fed something and not taking the time to actually do their own research and to figure things out on their own. And, 
you know, we're not saying that some of the stuff the mainstream media says isn't true. Of course, some of it is objectively and factually true. It's just the way it's packaged, the delivery has a lot to do with it, right? You know, when, when you can tell that the delivery of a given narrative is meant to purposely and meaningfully uh, influence your uh, thought process in a way that is biased is certainly an issue. Now, um, without you know, going too much further on that subject, I would just say that that's where a lot of people are in 2021 in terms of the social, economic, uh, political, you know, let's just say life sphere that we all sort of live in and all of the different prongs of society that grab at us on an everyday basis. I think most people are definitely tired of the division. So that's one distinctive observation that we can make about 2021 for sure. Um, I would say... You know, the year wasn't too bad. We had a lot of great fun. We went on some really interesting hunts. So I'd like to talk about, um, you know, we'll 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 kind of change lanes a little bit here and talk a little bit about, you know, the channel and Ballistic Inc. and Absolutely. how things have been going business wise and how things have been going in terms of content. You know, we've definitely tried to do a lot more hunting content uh, in 2021. Uh, we do have some awesome hunts on the way uh, that have not been edited yet that were filmed in 2021. So you'll be seeing those ho- coming up soon. Um, a big boar revolver hunt. Oh, yeah. Excellent content. And that's not uh, due to our laziness. That is just due to deer season being at the very end of the year and the i think georgia deer season ends on the 9th january 9th so if we're out there hunting on january you know first through the 8th that video is not going up for another week or two anyways so that's right i mean but stay tuned great stuff on the way well we um uh, part of the reasoning was because uh you know some of these big board revolvers we end up getting some, some smith and wesson revolvers in and uh, we didn't get them in quite soon enough to really catch the beginning of deer season. Because, uh, you know, Georgia has a fairly long deer season um, that's that's open. You know, I think rifle season starts in like as early as, I want to say October, like October yeah. 13th or October something like October 13th that. or 14th, but yeah, then you through, have primitive weapons before that. Though. That's right. And you got archery season and all. But yeah. um, there's been a lot of interesting developments in terms of deer hunting in Georgia. We're not going to go too far down the rabbit hole on too many of the details, but... They are talking about opening up nuisance permits for alligators. So that's nice. going to be interesting because yes. the landowner we deal with, we do have alligators down here. So Big that'll boys be cool. Too. Um, also, uh, we've been catching a lot of hogs on our cameras down there. So we got a sounder of hogs to deal with. So uh, you're, you're going to definitely be seeing some hog hunting content coming out this year. Uh, so stay tuned for that, as well as some daytime predator hunting that we're going to be doing with Rick, uh, the urban air gunner. Um, he's back to doing videos. Yes. So we're nice definitely going to be doing some stuff with Rick if this you, year. If you want to know about, you know, predator hunting, that's the guy. He's been doing it his whole life and he is extremely good at it. I mean, if you said uh, pick one guy to get you on a, a yote or a gator or whatever it is, a bobcat, whatever, he's the man. That's right. Well, we got a lot of hogs on the property that we've got to deal with, uh, so they're not eating up all the deer food because uh, they they do that. You know, we we feed them a lot of corn, and uh, without I guess we can kind of touch on this briefly. So we'll talk a little bit about our feeding regimen for what we're going to be doing for the deer this year. So we're changing up the nutrition program in terms of how we are feeding and managing our deer on the property. Um, these last two or three years, um, you know, we have access to a fairly large farm. In South Georgia, our buddy Linton owns a place, and he's a really good dude. Uh, but we've always just fed, like, straight corn. And I think 
we planted some uh, mustard greens and things like that, but we really are going to start varying up um, what we're going to be feeding them. We're actually going to do a blend of food this year. And what's interesting is in the vein of this podcast, it's great that we can talk about this, but it's also interesting because I don't even know how much of this I've told Matt yet already. So it'll be kind of cool to rehash it just for you guys' sake as well as ours, but we're going to be changing up the the food and uh, we're going to be doing a blend uh, that we're going to be feeding them year round. So we're going to start feeding the deer year round now, which traditionally we would always just feed them around winter time. Right. Uh, we do hunt over food. All right. That's the method we do is deer stands and blinds and ground blinds. And then we hunt over bait um, for filming purposes. It just makes more sense to hunt over bait. We can set the cameras up, get everything ready, and it just makes life a little easier. However, um, we've always traditionally just ran lines of corn. And don't get me wrong, the deer love corn. It's a great high-carb snack. They love it. They absolutely love corn. But we want to get a little bit better nutrition for them. So we're going to feed year-round, and we're going to go with high-protein uh, type of feed. We're going to do a four- or five-way blend, and I'm probably going to have to find a co-packer to have this stuff made. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's I don't know what blend we're going to use in terms of the specific uh, percentages and stuff. But we're probably going to do dry peanuts, shelled sunflower seeds. We're going to do corn. We're going to do soybeans, and then I'll probably throw some corn in there, obviously. Now, the protein pellets, we are going to add some actual just protein pellets. I learned something about protein pellets. Maybe you guys don't know this or not. Um, it's hard to feed the deer straight protein because they actually don't like the taste of it. It's kind of bitter. I can see that. They don't know. like the taste of it straight, so you actually have to mix it with the corn. I didn't know that. My dumb self you know i was putting out protein thinking all right deer get big and that's why they're always on the ground you know we'd we'd come back and we'd still remember like they ate everything except the protein (laughs) you gotta mix it that's That's the that's the secret guys so this five-way mix will be very nutritious lots of protein and here's the thing growing big bucks starts in the womb right like mom's got to carry successful baby deer Mm -hmm. you know that that baby deer starts growing in that womb so the better nutrition mom has the better that baby buck is going to grow right from the day day one to the minute he becomes a harvestable deer and obviously the more protein we're interjecting into the feed the bigger uh, more protein they have the better the antler growth the larger the tines the thicker the tines you know that that whole jazz you grow bigger deer uh, now, we don't just hunt for trophies down there. Matter we, of fact, we, we hunt for meat as that's well. That's right. I was going to say, matter of fact, that trophy is the last thing that I, I mean, if one pops out, absolutely. But that's not the main goal. Um, right. And I think I can say, safely say that for everybody that we've brought down there. It was not, a, it was not, we weren't hunting for headgear. That's yeah. not, that wasn't the goal. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, Bo Winkle walks out. We're going to yeah. have a little, little talk with him. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Um, now, on the food plots, all right, we usually plant about seven or eight acres of food plots. Um, this upcoming year, we're actually going to be planting about 13 acres of food plots, and it's all going to be high-protein stuff. So we're going to do an entire regimen where we plant through the spring, throughout the year. We're going to have mul- multiple plantings, okay? And I know some of you that are into deer hunting have heard about year-long deer management, not only feed, but also planting summer, uh, spring, winter, fall plots, that sort of thing. So we are going to do a full encompassing feeding regimen for the deer. And I'm so excited for this year's I, deer season. Oh my too. God, I can't wait. You told me <laughs> you told me about this plan. And yes, there's a, there is a price for it, but it, to get down there after, it's not instant. So after two or three years, when you get this whole management program going, it's a beautiful thing. 
because you get to sit there and you get to see these. And even if they're not just these humongous bucks, even if they're just really big dough and you're trying to get just as much meat as you can, it's really like you get to see the fruit of your labor. You get down like, hey, we we put down this four-way, we put down this five-way, we we planted the food plots, we managed this habitat for two years, and now you're just seeing these bruisers and these monsters step out. And man, it's it's just awesome. Well, we had a great year in terms of deer camp and deer hunting, and I always like to recap that. Um, I think I want to make a tradition of every year. You know, we want to make sure that like the first batch of podcasts we get back to filming, especially you know, here we are around the first of the year. I want to make sure we really recap deer season because, man, it, it is such an exciting time, man. I just I love that time of year. I love mm-hmm. observing the wildlife. I love watching them. You know, we've discovered some new hunting spots. It's just always fun to get in there and scout and look for sheds and just really nerd out and get into all the minutia of deer hunting. And I love every bit of it. Now, I'll quickly mention, we had a very memorable hunt, which unfortunately Matt couldn't make it on this hunt, but I'll yep. just kind of quickly uh, break it down a little bit. We had uh, John and Sir Michael from Guns Out TV. Uh, they came down to visit, and we had Roy from Brownells. And it was fantastic. We uh, actually were able to get an entire episode for Warrior Poet Network. If you guys aren't familiar with that, there is a minor paywall that you have to get through, but it's worth it. Sign up for the Warrior Poet Network on the Warrior Poet Society, and you can get all this exclusive content. This is not necessarily a plug for them. I just want you to be aware of it because we're in this episode. So if you want to you know, see this in its totality, you're going to have to go through Warrior Poet. But... It was an awesome hunt. It was Sir Michael and John's first deer hunt. They've never hunted before at all. And man, the success that they had was one for the record books, man. I and saw those pictures, They had a great man. time. Well, the, what, what really blew my skirt up, proverbial speaking, is that they were just so genuinely happy to be out there. And I'll tell you what, it's miserable. Like when you're out there at like Eric loves to get into the stands super early. So the only downside to hunting with Eric is that he loves to get to the stand early, which isn't a huge problem at night because you're in the stand by like 4.30. But you're also in the stand at like 4.30 in the morning. And the sun comes up at like 6. Yeah. So you're creeping in there and it's like 23 degrees and you're just as miserable, Cold. absolutely miserable. So to see that that them so happy and ecstatic and the fact that they didn't want to leave, like that is what first time hunting is all about. Like that, oh man. Like, it I is was, tough, man. I wasn't even there. And I want to just caveat on that or piggyback on that. It's because you guys blew Ballistic Inc. up for the Christmas holidays that I was not able to attend this trip. I had it planned. I was like, no, man, we're good. I'm going to be there (laughs) the entire time. And literally, like, the day I was supposed to come down, I called Eric and was like, hey, bro, (laughs) I can't do it. There's so many orders in this queue that I I have to prioritize you guys getting your packages over hunting this time. Well, to be fair, don't stop buying t-shirts, please. Yeah, don't do that. But I'm just letting you know that was the reason. Because, I mean, I felt terrible. Because I called Eric. I called y'all. I was like, dude. <laughs> He's like, well, what do you mean? You're supposed to be down here. And they're like, I can't do it. But- well, we've got a ton of awesome hunts playing this year. And I'm hoping that we're going to do some daytime predator stuff, which is going to be amazing. Uh, being able to get some coyotes to come in in daytime. I'm going to be relying on Rick for that. Make sure you subscribe to Urban Air Gunner. Rick is a great dude, and he's going to be getting back to making more content. 
and I can't wait to be a part of that. And of course, we do have a sounder of hogs to deal with, so I have a feeling the hunting's not over. We've got a lot of stuff yep. to deal with. And keeping the predators in check and keeping the hog population in check is very important for the overall um, health of the deer population because, you know, if the hogs are consuming the resources the deer need to grow, they're not going to have the nutritional uh, capability, you know, the nutrition they need to be able to survive and everything. So we got we don't have want to have the hog come in and taking everything over. So we have to keep the hog population under control. You have to keep the predator population under control because, I mean, coyotes will take down your fawns. I mean, they will decimate turkey eggs. Same thing for bobcats. Foxes. Now, you do want some foxes and bobcats around because they help keep the field mice population down. So if you go out in your barn and you see a whole bunch of mice scattering every time you open the door, uh, you might want to lay off of the uh, bobcats and foxes for a while, kind of let them, let them mellow for a while. But the coyotes, eh, we can we can definitely take down as many yeah. of those as we find because they certainly can decimate an area. If you get a large group of coyotes come in, um, it can it can be bad news for the local uh, population, especially the deer in Turkey. Yeah, they they really do do a number on the younger deer, and it puts a lot of pressure on them as well. And I, I think that once you control the coyote population, it's much easier to manage that habitat, uh, especially with deer and turkey as well. I haven't had a chance to do any turkey hunting at the farm, but that's you know, all, in all honesty, Georgia has a very short turkey season. I think it's like one week or two I weeks. I think turkey season's coming up in February. Um, it's in February. Yeah. So, I mean, but it's a very, it's a very short season, but 10 days. or Yeah. Something. And I'm going to try to get down there and do some, but what I will tell you is that I've heard some stories about calling in a turkey and having a bobcat show up right next to you while you're, while you're set up. Cause guess what? They hear that turkey call and they're hungry too. So that's, right. that's just another reason that you need to control that bobcat population. So 2022 is definitely a year of hunting for us in terms of the channel. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to getting more hunting content in. And I've already had a look at some of the schedule scheduling and some of the things that we have on the docket for filming this year. And I think it's going to be a ton of fun. So for me, 2021 was a year of hunting, a year of fishing, a year of the outdoors. And I'll tell you what, I was so happy with it that I think I'm just going to make it much, much more of a point moving forward to spend way more time outdoors than I probably should. You can never spend enough time outdoors. You really can't. But this year, definitely tons of outdoor activities we have planned for the channel. So I'm super excited about that. Now, you know, right now, while we are filming this podcast, SHOT Show is going on. Mm -hmm. um, before we get to SHOT Show, though... So how are things at Ballistic Inc.? I mean, I noticed that in December you had a ton of orders going on, but you know, this this shirt thing that we've been doing these these years has come together quite well. But how 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 was the year for Ballistic Inc.? I mean, it's it's definitely grown exponentially. It started off doing, you know, just your merch and then it turned into, you know, us, you know, partnering and doing everybody's merch. And, you know, we, we work with a lot of the manufacturers. We do a lot of their stuff as well, shirts and hats and, you know, swag. They want a lot of the stuff from SHOT Show and stuff like that. You know, you guys are going to see some of that. Not with our – we don't put our logos on it, but yes. Um, so it's been a it's a, been a great year overall considering, you know, everything that happened. And I'll, I'll owe that to us using, um, from the beginning, USA-made garments. That really, really – helped us out as a company. Um, we didn't really see any shortages on t-shirts because all of our stuff is already made here in America. 
what we did see was some substantial price increases. Mm. Um, so you would have noticed that on the website, our, our t-shirts used to be $24.99. Um, but you know, they raised the prices of the shirts. Um, uh, we can't pass a hundred percent of that cost onto the customer, uh, obviously. So, you know, we, we met in the middle. So we did raise the price of the shirts up. Um, we're, we, again, we didn't pass 100% of that on to the consumer. So the prices did have to increase. That's inflation. That's the way it works. But that helped us out a great deal. Um, business, you guys have shown so much support for both the content creators and us as a company. We get emails all the time about people saying, hey, we really uh, are happy that you guys are a company that represents you know, gun owners and the Second Amendment. And you're not, you're not afraid to put out t-shirt designs that might go against the grain, <laughs> which, you know, we're really not, um, you know, we're all welcoming, we're all accepting. Um, so that helped out a great deal. Um, you know, we were able to take those profits from that and invest back into the company. So we bought a ton of new equipment. So we got some uh, new embroidery machines, new printers, and those are not inexpensive by any means. But that, no. <laughs> but that allows us to, um, you know, to really put back into the company the money that we're making so that we can put better products out. Um, and then also, um, we're not letting out too much information here, but we are starting a American manufacturing, clothing manufacturing company as well that um, is going to be like an offshoot as well. So it's, you know, 100% USA manufacturing. We're doing the manufacturing. So, you know, big things on the rise and, you know, we're, we love made in the USA products. We love, you know, bringing that, Back, bringing back American manufacturing and providing Americans with jobs. I feel like I can say this in this particular podcast and everyone will understand, but um, we are also going to be uh, introducing some interesting food items. Yes. All right. So we, we I don't want to spill the beans too much, but um, if anybody's ever had our steaks before, uh, you know that, you know, my wife's dry rub that she makes is perfect. Arguably some of the best dry <laughs> rub there is. I mean, Look, we we fed our steaks to a ton of different people, and they've been so freakishly happy with them that we've decided that we're probably going to start offering Brandy's Dry Rub as a product. So stay tuned for that. we got to get the recipe just right and yep. make sure it's up to our standards. But you will see Brandy's Famous Dry Rub available for sale. So we'll have some other products that we're going to make available and everything like that. And I feel it's also um, worth mentioning, too, that we've taken a little bit of a tiny step back from the ManCan program. Uh, it's not that we're not going to continue it. We are going to do it. It's just going to come back in a slightly different way. You know, 2020 and 2021 put some serious damper on supply for a lot of people, not it just us. Rough, yeah. So, you know, with us not being able to meet the demand for a lot of the, the supplies that we try to get in for our cans, We've decided to kind of take a step back and we're going to be re-envisioning man cans as a, a new different type of model that will be understanding of some of the supply issues and um, still allow a lot of the things that you want to buy to be uh, pretty much on demand and available. So if it's for sale and you buy it, it ships. It, it's not. A, we're not going to do any more pre-order stuff because we wound up um, having some issues with supply and making some people wait longer than we really wanted to. And I don't like that. I know we're a have it now type of society. So the way yep. we're going to do the boxes from now on, uh, I'll let you know when we're ready to announce it. You'll you'll see on Iraq Veteran when we're ready to announce it. But we're probably just going to build the boxes out, buy the contents, build them, have them ready, do the announcement, and when they're gone, they're gone. And then once that box is sold out. 
We'll build the other box, get them in. So we're going to do it a little bit differently. We'll source everything. I'm sorry. Man, you and that pop. Filter. I know, man. <laughs> so we will source everything on the front end and then have them all pre-built. And that way, when you buy them, they ship instantly. Um, so be expecting that. So if you're looking for you know great merch boxes of just really cool stuff that we put together, that we use, uh, we will be re-envisioning that process and getting that out. And of course, Matt will be a huge part of that and Ballistic Inc. will be a huge part of that. So I'm well, glad we you. got that out of the way. Yeah, man. Now, right now, SHOT Show's going on. I, I want to talk about that a little bit. Um, you know, so 2021, an awesome year with plenty of issues as well as improves and sustains. Plenty of issues. Plenty of issues, but some sustains, right? And I think we went over some of the positive points. I mean, look, hunting season was awesome. I loved it. Business-wise, not too bad. I do want to talk about SHOT Show. Um, you know, we are not attending SHOT Show this year, and we're obviously here back in the rear <laughs> with the gear doing our thing and not at SHOT Show running like madmen through the uh, booths like we always do. And, um, you know, without, I'm not saying that I don't support the NSSF or that I don't support what they're trying to accomplish or anything like that. Um, I've always, you know, philosophically and business-wise supported SHOT Show and supported the NSSF. In fact, the last time we were at SHOT Show, I think we actually did a thing where we walked around with the NSSF did, and, yeah. and did this thing. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Now, I will admit, I have to say this for, for prosperity, that I made a comment when we were running around on the SHOT Show floor. I was like, man, look at it. There's just people going everywhere. It's like a Pakistani meat market. <laughs> And I thought it was just the funniest comment ever. And they cut my comment out of that video. <laughs> and I was quite displeased with that. Yeah, you guys censored it. Wa- I wanted I wanted my my quirky little comment to be out there in the internet land forever. And it just got cut. But needless to say, Mm-mm-mm. it's not a Pakistani meat market in here. <laughs> but it is at SHOT Show. Now, there are, the, the attendance at SHOT Show is considerably lower uh, than what it has been in last year's. I mean, so the attendance is lower. Um, also, I th- believe I saw where a lot of companies, uh, you know, decided to sort of sit it out this particular year. Now, I'm not going to sit here and speculate as to what that reason is, okay? But I think you know what the reason is, and we're not even going to go there, right? And I think a lot of people, how do I say this without saying it? I think that a lot of people are certainly tired of the travel restrictions and sort of this this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Let's just leave it at that. I'm not even going to talk about it because. It, it's just crazy, right? That's, that's beating a dead horse. It's at beating this point. a dead horse. We at all this point. know. We yes, all know. We all know. <laughs> so I think a lot of people are just literally and totally done with it, and that's probably part of the reason. And um, but you've seen a lot of innovation in the gun industry, right? There's been a heck of a lot of new products coming out. Um, some of the uh, old classics are coming back in some cases, and in many cases, some some really new cutting edge tech is coming out. Like uh, Springfield Armory's got some new bullpup, which is really cool. The Helion, you know, they they brought yeah. back the Browning High Power. So it's a really interesting time to be a gun owner. I mean, there's never been more choices and more new things coming out. I mean, Smith and Wesson just released their new pistol, the CSX. Yep, uh, which is cool. I heard it hits like a freight train. Oh, uh, yeah. And then, I mean, Federal's got their 30 carry now, a new yeah. carry round they're coming out with. I mean, SIG has their new their new round out, the 277. Dude. Yeah, man. All right. When, all right. All right. You're an ammo company. Okay. And you look at the, you, you, you look at the, at the workload and you look at all the, the shortages on primers and powder <laughs> and all of this stuff. And you go, well, how can we renovate, uh, completely reinvigorate the firearms industry? Oh, I know. 
A new carry round. I don't get it. You did like the worst, obviously the worst move in ammo manufacturing history is trying to create a new round in, in the midst I mean, of an ammo shortage. You're, you're, you're selling millions of rounds of nine millimeter that people are clamoring to have. It's just like, it's kind of strange. Like, yeah. why come out with a new round? That's just sort of strange. Now, now look. I don't know, man. You can't stand in the way of innovation, though. Okay, now I haven't had a chance to get my hands on 30 carry or that 277 round mm-hmm. you're talking about. I'm sure they're great. Uh, I'm sure they're fantastic. I'm sure they they meet all of the juicy ballistic uh, 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 areas they need to meet mm-hmm. to, to to be effective. Uh, and I'm not saying that that's not worth pursuing. Uh, but man, in this environment, when it comes to the difficulty of getting ammunition, you sure would think that they would sort things out in a way that they could most certainly make sure they're mm-hmm. filling all the existing orders first. And that's not to say that they're not. I mean, there is ammo reappearing on the shelves. Now, granted, it's not the price people want to pay. It hasn't gotten lower yet, but the prices have tried to trickle down a bit and availability is breaking free a bit. Yeah. Not I mean, quite what we want, but at least it's available. A couple of things. So I think as far as the ammo prices go, I think the ammo prices are at a point now where they're acceptable. I mean, yes, they're not as mu- they're not as cheap as they used to be, but they're definitely not a dollar around. You're still hovering around fifty or sixty cents around, mm. which is it, it. It sucks, but I don't see it going lower than that because Ruger already entered the fray, and they were supposed to be the ones that you know caused the price to go back down because they're manufacturing all this ammo. But guess what? They jumped in at fifty or sixty cents around as well because that's the new normal, and that's what people can pay. They've already shown that they're willing to pay that. So get used to it, 50 to 60 cents around. Uh, as uh, The only thing that I can say hurts the most is shotgun shells. It's really, really difficult to pay 75 cents a dollar around for really good shotgun shells. And you're like, God, I don't want to pay that much money for a shotgun shell. Well, I will say this, that out of all of the different ammo price increases, one thing that kind of blew me away a little bit with Vista and don't get me wrong. So, like, if you don't understand, like, the kind of company Vista is, all right, so Vista is like a big conglomerate, a big yep. umbrella that owns a bunch of different companies. So, under that Vista umbrella, you've got Federal. Uh, they just purchased Remington, which is mm-hmm. awesome. You know, we're going to be shooting a lot of Remington ammo this year. Yep. Uh, it was Remington, us, not Ruger. Remington, Remington right. yes. Sorry, so Remington guys. sent Remington. us a lot of their new ammo to try out this year, so we'll be shooting some of their stuff. So, it's interesting, though, to see that, like, so many of these large... Um, heritage brand ammo companies have been purchased by Vista. And of course, that list is growing. And that's great. Like, it's always awesome to acquire companies and, and make these awesome things happen. And uh, not to say anything bad about that. But when I noticed a letter that Vista put out uh, for getting into the 2022 uh, year um, frame, they actually mentioned that they're not going to be accepting new primer orders. Yep. So how in the world are you supposed to, let's just say, start an ammo company, right? Like, I know that there's a lot of companies that I've talked to, like Phoenix Ammunition, uh, the owner of that company. I was talking to him, and I'm like, hey, what are you guys going to do about primers? I mean, if they're not accepting new primer orders, how are you going to get new primers? They're like, well, we've already got an outstanding order for, you know, X amount of primers or whatever. Ten million. Well, that's all good and fine. Like, all right, so if you put in an order for primers in 2021 – uh, for let's just say, I don't know, however many tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of primers. Okay, yeah, they're going to fulfill that order. 
But if they're not accepting new orders in 2022, how can you have some form of an ongoing business as a small ammo loader? Right? If you want to have a small ammo company, how are you mm-hmm. supposed to compete with the big guys when they won't even accept orders for yeah. primers? And when you say when you say smaller companies, you're talking about like Phoenix or Lehigh or like guys Underwood. That, uh, Underwood. So we know the name, we know the brand. You don't necessarily associate them with being a small, you know, manufacturing group. But yeah. compared to like the, like Vista Outdoors or yeah. Federal, they're not even a blip on the proverbial radar. I mean, you like these guys the, are so small compared to the output that these companies put out. So yeah. you're, you're right. They're going to have issues getting primers. They might mm-hmm. have, they have, you know, outstanding back orders in place, but what happens when those run dry? I mean, you've run... got the guys from Grind Hard, there's Phoenix Ammunition, um, there's Underwood, Lehigh. Mm-hmm. I mean, Barnes, you know, loads their own ammo, but of course, Barnes makes a bunch of different projectiles. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sierra's got their own ammo line now. Yeah. I mean, it's their... just kind of crazy to think, like, what's going to happen if you can't get components? You have to go overseas, man. Well... It's just kind of weird to see, like, so this new, you know, year that we're getting into, you know, and looking here, literally this week on the heels of SHOT Show and all the stuff that's going on and all the new products. I mean, dude, I've seen so many awesome new reloading products. And I'm thinking, I mean, that's cool, but how are you going to load ammo if you can't get primers and powder? Like, if you can't get components, what's the point of the newest reloading widget when you can't get components? Tell that to the company that just bought 12 Dillons and their goal was to start an ammo manufacturing business and then 2022 hits and they go, hey, guess what? We can't give you any any components. No brass, no head stamps, no primers, and you have 12 Dillon, you know, like 1200s. Well, I'm really looking forward to seeing a situation where a few companies step forward and start servicing the gun community in a little bit more holistic way. And, of course, we're not saying that, like, the Vista umbrella of companies like Federal and Remington and things like that, those are awesome. Those are awesome people. I love Federal Ammo. I love Remington Ammo. Those are heritage brands. I love Ammo. I love Ammo, period. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I've never met around Ammo I didn't like. (laughs) That's right. But those brands have been around a long time, and they've got a lot of respect, and they've earned their name, and they've, they've really made great ammo. But... On the back end of that, it's like, man, if you can't get components, I mean, surely there's going to be a need and want for them to service the holistic gun community with components. But maybe it's just that there is such a shortage still because of the demand for ammo. All right. Now, if we see the demand go down for ammunition, does that mean, okay, all right, now we're sitting on all these primers we got to sell, this powder we got to sell? Of course, that's going to be the case. Eventually, the demand will decrease and they'll be able to service people. So it's not, I don't want it to sound like it's some glowing conspiracy that they're somehow shutting down the availability of primers to the public at large in order to, you know, have a monopoly on the gun or the ammo manufacturing business. It's a conspiracy, man. That's not the reason. It's just an inconvenience. For people that enjoy messing with the stuff on their own, and it's a real pinch for some of the smaller companies that rely on the big the big guys uh, for primers and components. Well, then, okay, so take a look at the new Sig two seven seven Sig. By no means they are not a dumb company. They they know what they're doing. They have tons of money. They have tons of R and D. They have tons of contracts. They got that military contract. They brought that round to market. <laughs> got that Uncle Sam you know, money, baby. <laughs> yeah. And we can sit here and say, oh, that was the worst move in the world. But guess what? There's guys that are a lot smarter than us that made the decision that said, 
that's a good idea. We're going to bring a 277 round with a completely new rifle. Um, and the preliminary numbers are decent. You're talking the what I've seen 3,000 feet per second out of a 13 and a half inch barrel. And what grain bullet? Um, I it didn't say it just said it just gave us the, the dimensions. Okay, so cool. I'll have to look into that, but I mean. That's that's a screaming around. Well, let's look I mean, that up. Yeah, I mean, look it up. It and I mean, from what the from what I was reading, they said they were really aiming for armor penetration. They want, and we all know that when it comes to armor, speed is the name of the game. Velocity is the name of the game. Let's so if see. you can get around up to a high enough velocity, eight grand, it's just going to punch right through the armor. So eight thousand dollar gun. Oh, I, I don't. The doubt it. MCX spear. I'll be dang. <laughs> yep. I'll be dang. Let's see what we got here. This is yep. a thirteen inch. Yep, thirteen inch barrel. Twenty shot mag. All right, and that is in the. I want to see a little more information about the cartridge. Two seventy seven Fury. Yeah, I'll be. Now, um, it's interesting. I don't want to get too far in, down the rabbit hole on this particular podcast because I know we're kind of recapping 2021 mm-hmm. and talking about some of the things we can expect for 2022. But arguably, all right, Chad and I just did a very detailed video on some of the recent hunts we went on using the 6mm arc. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, this appears to be a long-action cartridge, the 277 Sig Fury or whatever. Yeah, the Fury. However... The six mil arc is making a huge splash as well in the long range shooting world and mm-hmm. in the hunting world. Chad and I have a complete dissertation we put together on that that you can expect to see soon. But this is interesting. This is news to me. So let's look up the specs on this cartridge yep. and see what we're working with. Just real quick for fun. We've got time well, in this I'm particular podcast. As well, but what I will tell you, what I haven't shot a six millimeter arc, but from what I saw, it performed amazingly well. Mm-hmm. So I was very surprised to see how well it performed uh, on live game. All right. 80,000 PSI chamber pressure. Whoa. Yeah, Holy crap. That's, That's a high na- pressure round. pretty nasty. All right. It uses a, zero, let's see, a 7.06 or a 278 caliber bullet. That's kind mm-hmm. of strange there. That's cool. Yeah. Let's see. Just, just. Real basic here, some basic numbers. The cartridge uses a case that is the same length and dia- diameter as the 308 Winchester. So, of course, it's going to fit in an AR 10 size action mm-hmm. or a SCAR 17, or SCAR 20, what have you. Each cartridge case consists of a stainless steel base coupled to a brass body via locking yep. washer. This is what I talked about. Yeah. Stainless steel has a significant higher yield strength than brass, allowing the engineers to increase cham- yep. chamber pressure. That makes sense. Uh, let's see. So, we're talking a 135 grain bullet. Oh, uh, a 140 grain hunter hunting bullet. Uh, Sammy warns that the maximum average pressure levels greater than 65,000 psi may present increased risk of unsafe cartridge case or firearms rupture. Thus, require the cartridge case and or firearms designs that depart from traditional practices, such as changes in materials, constructions, and other design criteria. Obviously, if you're going to have a more powerful cartridge, you yep. have to build a more powerful gun. Basically, they're saying this bullet is for this gun only. We're talking a 135-grain bullet at over 3,000 feet per second. Yep. Wow. Out of a 13-inch barrel. You're talking um, 2,694 foot-pounds of energy at the muzzle on a 135 and a 140 generating 2,706 foot-pounds of energy. Now, to compare that to 6 mil arc, 
That's a pretty stout cartridge. Now, granted, mm-hmm. this is also a long action, so you do have to contend with a larger, more robust rifle. Heavier rifle. Uh, heavier sure. rifle. Um, now, there's great performance potential in the 6 Arc. Uh, now, it's obviously not these numbers, but you know what? For being a short action, I think the 6 mil Arc has got a lot going for it. So that's interesting. I'm glad you brought yeah. that up, man. No, I mean, that's, that was one of the standout things that I saw that really... Because when around SHOT Show... You see a lot of like little quirky things pop up and you're like, oh, that's a little bit innovative or that's kind of neat. But when you see some, uh, uh, a company like SIG announcing a completely new cartridge, I mean, you have to do some investigative work. That's a big deal. And it's funny when you look at like the old M1 Garand and 276 Peterson before they ended up changing it to M2 Ball and the 30 alt 6. It's like everything just goes full circle. Yep. You know, the original Garand was supposed to be a 10 shot. And be in 276, and now look what you got. 277 SIG, 276, all over again. 20 shot, box magazine. That's right. <laughs> six eight by 51 millimeter. So I guess you're almost taking that that six eight spec and just yep. going with a 308 case rather than the short action case like you see in six eight spec, which is the smart. Wow. I mean, I wonder what I the just, ballistic coefficients are on those projectiles. So maybe this is gonna require, I believe, a deep dive that Chad and I will look into on the main channel. Um, yeah. maybe at a later date. Maybe that's a little bit outside of LLP territory, but yeah. I will say, but still interesting. Ch- you and Chad would be the ones to to find that in, to find that information. But what yeah. I will tell you, if that is six eight, then that might be a precursor to the military standard round because the military was switching to six eight, but it wasn't going to be six eight SPC. Now the ammo is not currently in stock, but Six Hours website shows the ammo price as $33.95 a box of 20. It says uh, of ammo available for purchase on January 24th. So this is still very new. The ammo's not even available yet, but here we see um, I mean the cartridge just looks like a 308. I mean essentially mm-hmm. a 308 type case neck down to a 68. Kind of seems to be the yeah. overall principle. Looks like the bolt head is the same diameter uh, overall. So looks like um, for your AR-10s, I would imagine probably be nothing more than a barrel swap. Yeah, maybe a different gas block. But for the most part, looks like everything else should be pretty similar. Now, outside the design a- aspects, now this is an what eighty thousand yeah. cup uh, cartridge. So. I, I would approach with caution there, and I, I would defer that to probably we would probably need to hear more information about the cartridge, about the gun, um, maybe get some more information from Sig. Stay tuned; we will have um, a complete dissertation coming out on this cartridge as soon as we can get more information. Yeah. I don't want to tell tells out of school, so yeah. we won't go there yet. But cool, man. Yeah, man. Awesome. That, that that's what caught my attention. Um, not that I'm going to be shooting it at all, but you know, well, you yeah, might. I'm a, well, I, I probably will just for ju- just just to so I say I could, but right. when it comes to long action stuff, I'm you know I, I love my thirty six. Dude, tell me about <laughs> it, man. Tell me about it. So, twenty twenty two, man, shows some awesome stuff on the horizon. I mean, there's there's great innovations in the gun world. You know, things are somewhat getting back to normal for a lot of people. You know, folks are much more awake to all the things that are going on. They're ignoring the division. Yep. They're being more objective. They're being more fair. They're listening to each other they're holding their politicians accountable i mean there's a lot of great things that are happening right you know primaries are this year so it's going to be a really sticky year for a lot of folks and really important here in georgia i mean georgia is um it's a battleground state like you said there's going to be a lot of action here and i i'm going to go out on a limb here and say that there's going to be a ton of money 
pumped into Georgia because we have a governor's race. We have um, junior senator. Actually, I believe Warnock is uh, he's the junior senator for Georgia. He's up for election this year. Ossoff is not. Ossoff has the whole six year term. Um, so basically, Georgia's representation in, in Washington is a completely Democrat. So and we, we also have a chance to get uh, constitutional carry passed in Georgia is as well. Absolutely right. So that's yeah. something that's totally lots huge. of stuff happening here in Georgia. So um, it's going to be a big year for us, and uh, hopefully we we get that taken care of. Well, I I certainly must say that I am very eager to get my boat back out and do some fishing. So you can definitely expect some fishing content over on the channel, mm-hmm. as well as lots more hunting stuff. I'm looking really forward to getting out in the woods and getting some more hunting time in. Uh, expect the revolver hunting video to come up. Expect the episode um, with John and Shermichael to go on Warrior Poet in terms of our hunting. Uh, also, uh, we've got just a great bunch of stuff on the way, man. I think you guys are going to be so happy with it. We've got more meltdowns coming this year. So I think 2022 is a great year for us. Um, I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole on this concept because I know we don't have a lot more time left in this particular podcast, but I just want to mention that you know, we've also had some really good gains that we've made with, you know, YouTube directly. You know, they've been very good to us and very helpful to us. And I'm very, very happy and proud to say that they've, they've been very easy going with us. And, and we're trying our best to, to make the channel the best that it possibly can be for you guys and to make sure that the channel has good accessibility of content, that more people are seeing it, um, that it's available to more people. So, we're certainly trying to do the best we can to work uh, through all of these things that have happened. You know, we lost our Facebook page just last year. Now, I'm not going to go so deep into telling you the reason, but I'm just going to say that it was a really dumb reason. Very, okay. very dumb. Objectively, right? If we just look at this objectively, the reason was super dumb, and I'm not even going to talk about it because it. I think it was just really end up being a giant misunderstanding, but we are working on getting our Facebook page back. So that's been a giant cluster you know, trying to deal with that, you know, and of course, it's just a rampant censorship that's just kind of there and the bias that's there, but we're trying to work through it. We're trying to be fair. You know, we're trying to look at both sides of the coin in terms of being, you know, very objective and fair in our views and not, you know, being pricks about anything. Okay. Uh, But I think that there is a little light at the end of the tunnel with the social media uh, companies. I think that many of them are starting to understand that some of the policies are a little crazy, you know, and I think they're getting some pushback from a lot of different sides of the aisle. It's not just the people they, they philosophically agree with. I think they realize that a huge subset of the people that follow them are certainly, you know, they may not agree with them politically, but utilize their services. And I think I really want to try to remain positive in light of this and 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 positive in that I hope that maybe we're past that to some degree. I mean, don't hold your breath. I mean, there's people out there just like there's the never trumpers, right? And just like there's the, you know, MAGA crowd or whatever, what have you, right? Just like there are those extremes of each side of the token, there's also extremes that think, oh well, these social media companies are the devil and they would never do anything to help you or I. And I don't know. I mean it, it, there's perception and there's reality. And I think the reality, if we really just look at it objectively, I do believe that many of these social media companies are trying at least a bit to reach across and sort of be easygoing on some of this stuff. So we see the door creaking open. Now, granted, the hinges are rusty. 
There's no oil, and it's making an awful racket, but the door is moving slowly. And we're hoping, you know, that in time we can just get back to the way things were. Like, I'd love to see social media turn back to what it was, you know, like 10 years ago. Just a totally free and open environment for people to express their ideas, grow their, grow their, um, you know, um, followers and everything like that and just put out the content they want have a good time and just be fair and honest with each other and it was so cool in the early days you know we've been doing this a long time you know i want to see it get back to the way it was you know 12 13 years ago 15 years ago when all of this was in its infancy there was a a freedom in it that i feel is is really gone by the wayside i want to see it come back that was a very genuine statement eric completely different than the Chinese tennis player Ping Shui. Hello, this is Ping Shui. I'm okay. Uh, <laughs> goodbye. Oh boy. <laughs> well, it's it is time to say goodbye. Unfortunately, now it's oh, not goodbye boy. forever. We will be back next week. Make sure you tune in each week for a new episode of LLP. We dive into a bunch of different concepts. If you haven't ever followed the podcast. Trust me, you never know what we're going to talk about. You never know what kind of flight we're going to do. We have our fight or flight series where we go, we try different booze and different food. You never know what subject we're going to talk about. You never know what direction we're going to go. It's like a roller coaster ride and you're not strapped in. So we hope that you will always join us for a little bit of hilarity each week. So make sure you tune in each week. You can follow us on all the popular podcast outlets, uh, you know, Apple Podcasts and all of the other, Spotify and what, Stitcher, and there's a few others. Literally everything. Everything. Amazon. If it's there, we're there. Yep. All right. (laughs) And uh, we post these podcasts in video form over on the YouTube channel, Iraq Veteran 8888. You can find these in video form if you want to see our ugly mugs. Uh, you can also check out the videos as well. So um, big thank you to everybody that follows what we do and has supported what we do. I, I want to end on that note. LLP is, has, 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 you know, it has grown in leaps and bounds. We're getting more viewership oh, every single month. We're getting more downloads. And I think the podcast has grown steadily. Yeah, I think the last uh, the last time I checked the analytics, it was uh, we're being listened to in over eighty six countries. I mean, the viewership and the da- audio downloads have grown month over month. So, you know, it it really has grown from the very beginning. I remember the very first episode we did, and we were like, "Oh, should we just should we continue to do this?" And then it just turned into this thing where it's just like two friends, two small business owners, two Americans just talking about things that, you know, we enjoy talking about and you know, if you guys like it, then come along for the ride. If not, then keep scrolling. Also, in 2022, we're going to have many more guests here on LLP. So stay tuned for that. We've actually been making some changes to the studio. Uh, so you're going to see, well, the background will be pretty similar, but uh, we are going to change up the overall setup we're using, and we hope that it's going to equate to better audio, all right? We also are running three cameras now, so we're trying to give you guys a little bit better uh, visual representation. So we're really trying hard to bring the quality level of this podcast up to where it needs to be, and we hope you can see that quality, and we hope you enjoy it. Have yourselves a great week. We'll see you next time. Many more podcasts here on LLP. Have a good one and live free. Be safe. And we'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Life, Liberty, and Pursuit. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else podcasts are found. Be sure to leave us a five-star review. We'd really appreciate that. 
You can support us over on Ballistic Inc. by picking yourself up some merch. And remember, guys, dangerous freedom. Have a good one.